the original Sam Cooke and the Soul Stirrers. That's a pretty good rendition. I like that. Thank you so much, Mel Course. We certainly appreciate that. Thank you very much. From the book of Joshua, chapter 1, I want to identify verse 7 as our verse of concentration this afternoon. If you would listen to it very carefully, I would appreciate it. Coming from the New Living Translation. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful at everything you do. Repeat these words after me. Be strong, be strong. And, obey and obey the word of the Lord. Turn on the other side and say, be strong, be strong. And, obey and obey the word, the word of the Lord. I want to talk about the characteristic of a warrior, the characteristics of the warrior. Last week, we sort of introduced the idea of what these characteristics were when we talked about how the warrior needed to possess and have the passion for what we call a fighting mentality, a fighting mentality. The warrior has to have passion and has to possess a fighting mentality. We took a look at the life of David and particularly the early development of David's life as we identified in David's journey how he already was beginning to learn how to adopt a fighting mentality. In his early journey, he took the both passion and possession of such an attitude and went out and confronted the obstacle that stood between victory and Israel. He confronted Goliath, the giant, who was not only three times his size physically, but likewise three times his strength Physically, But David, being a small shepherd boy who possessed and who was in passion with a fighting mentality, walked out into the valley of Eli and stood boldly before Goliath and made it clear that I'm not going anywhere. All of my brothers turned around and ran from you because they allowed themselves to be confronted and captured by your fear and intimidation. A warrior knows how to utilize fear and intimidation, but a warrior doesn't embrace fear and intimidation. David walked out in the valley of Eli and stood up to Goliath, and Goliath thought it was an overwhelming insult to send such a boy down to his presence to do a man's job. In fact, when he looked at David and realized he was actually there to complete war, he said, am I a dog that they would send this boy down here with sticks in his hand? But David wasn't afraid of what Goliath said. He realized that Goliath was three times larger than he was and three times stronger than he was 
but David, in amazing way, took the intimidation and the fear of Goliath and used it as reverse psychology. In fact, Goliath said, since they've sent this boy down here, I'm going to make himself mince meat. He will be food for the birds in the air, and he will be food for the wild beasts of the field. David said, be careful, you're talking too quick, because the God that I serve knows how to make sure I'm not the mince meat, but my enemy will be Come my footstool. Watch this. And so David looks at him and he says, you know what? You come down here with all of your conventional weapons. You got a spear in your hand. You got a sword in your hand. You got a shield in your hand. I don't have any of that. I got to admit to you, Saul tried to give me all of the weaponry that he has that may would match what you got, but I serve a God who specializes in unconventional weaponry. He just, he just don't use guns and shields and swords. All I got is just my five smooth stones and I got my slingshot in my hand. But I got something that you can't see. You see my five smooth stones and you see my slingshot in the other hand. But what you don't see is that I am not only a fighting warrior with a fighting mentality, but I'm a prayer warrior. I know how to pray in the middle of a moment in which you can't see me pray. You can't even hear me pray. But in my spirit, I don't have to use words audibly. Sometimes you have to just sit back and call on God's name in your mind and in your heart and say, Lord, this person looks two times larger than I am and it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to get out of this and I don't see how I'm going to win this battle. But God, I know that you're too high. Can't nobody get over you. You're too low. Can't nobody get under you. And you're too wide. Can't nobody get around you. I just believe somehow, some way, you can come out of heaven and make a bridge over over this troubled water for me you can come out of glory and open up a way to which this enemy stand before me can't even see how I am I don't have a sword I don't have a shield and I don't have a weapon chip but I do have a prayer on the inside of my spirit and God because I know who you are. I've called on you too many times. There was a bear that I had to fight against and you showed up and fought the bear for me. And there was a lion that I had to fight against and you showed up and fought the lion for me. And just because Goliath is nine feet tall, three times the size, size that I am and three times the strength that I am that doesn't mean anything unto you God because you are so big and so monstrous God this is nothing but a drop in the bucket for you Goliath doesn't have an idea that he's standing before a giant himself he thinks that he's a giant but God is the bigger giant in the life of David and the fighting mentality David looks at him and says you know what I am convinced that this day, I'm not coming before you with my sword, with my shield, or with a sword, or with a shield, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And because I'm coming to you in the name of God, I'm going to decapitate your head. I'm going to feed your body to the beast of the field, and your body will be food for the birds of the air. Goliath thought this was a jokeful thing. In fact, the Bible says that Goliath 
begin to uh, cause a curse to come upon David by calling on the gods of the Philistines, not understanding that he is not going to be able to call upon the God Almighty. You can call upon all the gods you want. I tell folks all the time, whoever you serve, fine, give it your best opportunity. I remember Elijah up on Mount Carmel doing the same thing, and he gave his enemy the first option. You go ahead and call out on the gods that you want, and the Bible says they called all night long and nothing happened. And Elijah said, since your God must be on vacation, he must be out in the Bahamas somewhere chilling out, step aside and let me show you what it means to call on the God of my salvation. Let me show you what it means to call on Jehovah Jireh, the God who will supply all your need. Let me show you what it means to call on Jehovah Tiskanu and Jehovah Shalom, the God who can give you peace and the God who is our righteousness. The Bible says that Elijah called on the name of his God and his God answered him with fire in water. Wait a minute, I don't know how you can mess around and get fire mixed up with water and it begins to burn even more. But when you call on God, I told you God specializes in unconventional weaponry. God can come down and do some mighty things in some mighty ways and some unusual fashions. Goliath thought that he was going to get victory just because he was standing before David. But David says, I got the last laugh in this situation. And when you got a fighting mentality, it doesn't matter what the enemy says. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. It doesn't matter what the enemy puts forth. When you have a fighting mentality that is supported by the word of God, you are more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. Every now and then, and you got to take a step back and not be afraid to stick a, take a step back forward and look your enemy straight in the face, although they're three times your size and three times your strength. But just look up them and say, you know what? I might not fight you with conventional stuff, but I got a name that is above every name. And at this name, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that this name is the glory of God. Do I have any witnesses that when you call on the name of the Lord. Grandmama said he'll be that bridge over troubled water. He'll be a doctor in the sick room. He'll be your lawyer in the courtroom. He'll be your walking stick in the desert and he'll be your water when you're in dry places. I'm talking about a name that'll lift you up and that will turn you around. I'm talking about a name you can use when you're standing before the enemy and the enemy can't understand who is Jesus and you can look back and say I'm glad you asked he's the friend that sticks closer than the brother he's the joy that rings in my soul he's the peace that surpasses all understanding he's the one that keeps my mind in perfect harmony and whenever I get sick I call on his name because by his stripes I have been healed he's the God that protects me with his wings he holds me in the tabernacle of his joy that name Jesus brings about victory every time I call on it. Whenever something's going on and I need some help in the immediate, Jesus brings about a change. Jesus brings about a reversal. Jesus brings about transformation. Jesus brings about victory. I'm talking about, a anybody know that name? I'm talking about some folk who know what it means to be saved by that name. Joy in that name. Peace 
in that name, comfort in that name, power in that name, victory in that name, overcoming in that name, pushing in that name. I'm talking about the name of Jesus. Slap high five somebody and tell them there's power in that name. I know that name. I got something connected with that name. That name means everything to me. Here it is right here in the text. Right here in the text. David showed us that you got to have a fighting mentality to get victory in this journey and to be a forceful warrior, you need a fighting mentality. But watch this, Joshua 1 tells us that the second characteristic we need is not just a fighting mentality, but you've got to have within your composition a stern focus for victory. It won't come without some concentration by your part, by some self-discipline on your part, to be able to stay focused in the process. If you look closely at the pericope between verse 7 and verse 9, three times God informs Joshua, be strong and be courageous. In fact, as you get to the second and third time, he intensifies by saying, be strong and very courageous. Why? Because God already knows that in the process of Joshua getting victory from chapter 1 all the way down to chapter 6, when he gets to chapter 6, there's going to be a bit of a disturbance, a bit of a distraction, and God is going to show Joshua whether or not he could remain focused in the process. Watch this. And so what God does was tell Joshua, well, first of all, don't forget the words that you learn from Moses. Don't forget the instructions that Moses give unto you because Moses is trying to prepare you for the ground you are about to walk on. He's already been down that ground. Watch this. Ancestry-wise, we need to remember it might be to a point where we might forget who our ancestors are, but we shouldn't forget the wisdom that they've shared with us. They're trying to inform us because we've already they've already been over that waters and all over that ground that if we would listen anybody ever had your grandmama to granddaddy tell you you need to listen to what I'm trying to tell you don't let your hard head become your soft behind but you need to listen to what I'm trying to tell you. And God is really telling Joshua, listen to what I told Moses and what Moses is trying to tell you because Moses is going to be the key to you getting victory from this point forward. Watch this now. Joshua's success is connected to two things. Listening to the voice of Moses by way of instructions of the past and then, verse 7, meditating on the word of God and not deviated from it going neither to the left nor to the right but standing strong and in the center on the word of God one of our problems is that often when God speaks into us passages that are meant to give birth to something that he has in store for us we end up aborting it because we can't focus on the word that God has given us 
We don't allow the focus of the word to give us strength, nor do we allow the lessons of the histories from the ancestors to give us strength as well. If you listen to your ancestry, they're trying to tell you, number one, just as Solomon, there's nothing new under the sun. The stuff that you're going over, we went over the same thing, maybe in different clothes, maybe in different contexts, maybe in different weather, but it's the same old stuff. People still lie, people still cheat, people still do you wrong, stuff still happen, the body still gets sick, things still go wrong, it's the same old stuff. We just trying to tell you this is how we got over and you can modify it all you want, but just at least think about what I'm trying to tell you. It may help you from a lot of heartache, it may help you from suffering a lot of disappointment, it may help you from stumbling and falling on your face if you just listen. One of our problems is we don't want to listen. But just because I found out from my grandmom and granddad a long time ago, they taught me everything you're going to learn ain't in a book. I've come to realize with all of the college degree I have, that don't mean anything. There's some lessons that I did not find in the academic contest. I had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death to find out that God is a healer. I had to walk through some situations to find out that God would make a way out of no way. I had to walk through some dark moments to realize that God can pipe in light where darkness is. I had to walk through some moments where there were no friends, but God showed me he's a friend to the friendless. I had to walk through some moments when I had to realize that where others have turned their back, that he'd never leave me nor forsake me. And he reassures Joshua, if you stay focused on this journey, I will make the same promise to you that I made to Moses. So as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. But if you remain faithful to my word, if you don't go to the right nor to the left, I promise you all of your way will be successful and you'll be victorious everywhere that you go. Can I get a witness this morning who can testify that when you remain faithful to God, God will remain faithful to you. Does anybody know that when you hold God's hand, God will not let your hand go, but God will honor his word when God speaks it and when God anoints it and when God puts it in your spirit, God will make sure if you are focused and don't lose that focus on the promise of God, he will make sure you come to pass. Here it is, Joshua reminds us in the text that you got to stay focused because the spirit man never sees the manifestation or the birth of the existence of what God has in us in terms of the promise because we lose focus. And you can't take your eye off of the prize. You got to stay focused on the things of God. God has impregnated us with his word so that we can experience what God has in store for us. Isaiah 55 and verse 11 says that God not only speaks the word in us, but God watches over his word that he might perform it. Jeremiah 1.12 says that God not only speaks the word to us, but he not only watches over his word, but the word of God says that God also commissions his word that it might accomplish what God desires for it to do. That simply means that the word perform and the word accomplish comes from the same root Hebrew word in which God says it simply means that God will create, 
that God will labor, that God will help you push through, that God will supply, that God will make sure that what he began in you will come to pass in due season if you are willing to stay focused on what God has told you to do. Here it is in the text. Joshua, make sure you don't go to the right nor to the left but stay focused just as I was with Moses, so will I also be with you. Be strong, be very courageous, and I promise I will not abandon you, nor will I forsake you. But keep committed to the book of instructions. Whatever I say in my word, God will bring it to pass. Watch this, but going in terms of focus, that means that if I'm going forward, I can't be looking backwards. And we spend too much time not looking in the rearview mirror, but turning completely around, looking backwards instead of maintaining a forward focus. Watch this. The Bible says that when you do that, uh, you end up allowing yourself to become aborted because whatever you are driving can't arrive at its destiny because you are not properly steering. So if you are driving down the highway and you are always turning completely around to look to your left and to your right and what's behind you, eventually your car is going to suffer what's called an accident and that accident just might lead to a fatality if you hit the wrong object and if a law enforcement officer happens to see you because when you are looking back there's no way you can maintain a straightforward progress you're going to be all over the road and some of our lives are all over the place because we're too busy looking back at yesterday's glory instead of concentrating on what lies ahead ahead and Paul says stay focused on what lies ahead in Philippians 3 and verse 13 I press toward the mark forgetting those things which are behind but I'm pressing forward toward the mark Luke tells us according to Jesus that any man puts his hand to the plow and then turn around and look back is not fit for the kingdom of God and what he's trying to tell us is you can't go straight while looking back at the same time you got to stay focused in one direction and I just came by to tell somebody stop looking around and stop bathing in yesterday's glory what happened yesterday happened yesterday whether it was good or bad look put a period there and just move on and be prepared to find out what God has in store for you as you move forward watch the text Joshua is told that as you move forward, keep your mind concentrating on the things of God. When you concentrate on the things of God, I will make sure that whatever you need, you will have supplied for you all that you need. I'm, I'm here to tell you, when you allow the word of God to be at the center of your life, God will make sure that every single power that you need, every single ounce of strength that you you need every victory that you need God will make sure that everything is supplied according to his riches and glory if you stay focused you can't you can't be a warrior and looking all around you you got to stay focused on the object ahead watch this Joshua got victory 
In every place that he went, when he was summoned in chapter 2 to send a recognized mission into Jericho and they spied out the land and connected with Rahab, God divinely made sure that those spies who went into town were protected and God used a woman who would not be respected by the general public, yet God so loved her that he not only used her to bless Joshua, but when you read the genealogy of Jesus, you'll find a name by the name of Rahab locked into Jesus' genealogy. And that's mighty fine that a sister who sold her body for a living ends up being in the lineage of the Savior of the world. I don't know about you, but that's shouting news. That lets me know that no matter how low my life might be, God can still use me. He's not looking for the perfect, nor is he looking looking for the most upright but he's looking for someone who be committed to his task. Rahab was not the best citizen in town but Rahab was willing to hide the soldiers of God and as a result a scarlet thread was placed in her window so that when the angel of death came through and when judgment came about in Jericho they would pass over Rahab's house because they saw the scarlet thread hanging in the window. I'm so glad that Jesus dying on the cross put a scarlet thread in my window and I don't know about you but I'm celebrating this morning that there have been some moments when death passed over my window and you may not realize it but it's passed over your life too all because there's a savior who held a scarlet thread inside of your window watch this in chapter 3 God tells Joshua that you got to cross the Jordan. This was your assignment. Your assignment was to leave them where Moses could not take them. You got to cross the Jordan. And watch what Joshua does. He sticks specifically to the task that God gives him. He's focused on the details. He lays out how he is to lead the people. He lines the priests up first. He puts the Ark of the Covenant before them. And then behind them, he has the trumpeteers. And they are to step in the Jordan River and just stand there for a while and just let God bathe them in the anointing of his power because the waters would rise up and then they're going to go back down. Watch this. Here's the joy. It's going to rise up to allow the priest to see that from their knees all the way down to their feet, God's going to anoint every step that they take in the Jordan River. And they would later have to come back and lay a stone down for every step that they took. Twelve of them to be specific, to remember the twelve tribes of Israel. And watch how good God is to Joshua. He lets them step in the Jordan River and the the water rises but it never rises high enough where it causes them to drop the ark of the covenant nor does it cause them to get out of the river somebody ought to be shouting this morning that you've been in some troubled waters of life and God did not allow that water to rise up and sink you in the process. I hear Isaiah saying in Isaiah 43 verse 1 and 2, when you walk through the waters, I will be with you. And when you step into the fires, I can guarantee they will not burn you. And maybe there's somebody in here who can remember I've been in some fiery situations and yet here am I now, not burned but I am victorious because the God that I serve has helped me make it through. Watch this. So in chapter 4, he helps them cross the Jordan. He puts the stones there. But then in chapter 5, God purposely permits 
a distraction to come into Joshua's life. He is walking down the path to victory and then a spiritual being shows up and says to Joshua uh, a few words and Joshua says, who is you? Whose side? Are you a friend or are you a foe? And the, the angel, I believe it was, says, I'm neither. I'm the captain of the Lord's host. And I just stopped by to find out what you're going to do now you're moving on the journey. Are you going to allow yourself to become detoured because something unusual has dropped into your path? And I just want to tell somebody, listen, you might be on your way to victory, but don't think you're going to have a smooth sailing there without having something to drop into your path that has an intentionality of trying to detour you from the destiny that God has in store. Look, the Bible says that Joshua took the perspective and said unto him, listen, I, I'm, I'm here just to serve God Almighty. And the angel looked back, whom I believe was God himself, manifested an angel and said unto him, here is what I want you to do. Because you're standing on holy ground, I want you to take your sandals off because I'm going to confirm you just like I did your mentor Moses. Remember what I told you? Remember what he said in chapter 1? Whatever you do, don't disregard the instructions of Moses. Why? Because remember, on the backside of the desert, when Moses had left out of the place called Egypt, he had went into a bush and saw that it was burning, but it wasn't consumed. And then he heard a voice come out of the bush and say, Moses, Moses, come a little closer. And when Moses gets closer, he tells him, take off your shoes because the ground that you are standing is holy ground. Watch this. In Exodus 3 and in Joshua 5, it's amazing. God confirmed both the mentor and the mentee in the same manner. Take off your shoes because the ground that you are standing is holy ground. Helping them realize when you stay focused, you need an anointing to help you stay focused when you're trying to move forward for the kingdom of God. I just came to tell somebody once again today that you need to stay bathed in the word of God so that you won't go to the left nor to the right, but allow the word to be your compass. So you can get to where you need to be. Stop looking at homeboy and homegirl and thinking, trying to attire from them their wisdom. Get your face in the word and God will lead you where you need to go. The angel said to him that you need to take off your shoes because the place where you're standing is holy. And the Bible says Joshua did as he was told. Why is that important? Because in chapter 6, there's a detour. There's a distraction. When they go in to capture Jericho, something happens. There's a command that God gives. Remember what I told you back in chapter 1, verse 7, clause A and B? Whatever you do, meditate on upon this word night and day. Be sure to do all that it says, and I promise you, your way will be prosperous. No matter how you try, somebody ain't going to listen to what God has to say. Get to chapter 6. God says when you go in, wipe everything out. Destroy everything. Don't leave nothing. When Achan goes in there, he decides not to destroy everything. 
but to bring back some of the precious jewels, some of the precious vessels and valuables and hide them under his tent. Here's the problem. When you don't stay focused, you set yourself up for defeat. They had to go out and fight an AI. When they got the AI, they got wiped out. Joshua came back moaning and crying to God, trying to figure out what happened, where did we go wrong? And God said, get up off your knees, stop all that crying, stop all that whining. Let me tell you where you went wrong. Somebody in your camp didn't do like I told you to do. And Joshua went through the whole camp and discovered that it was finally Achan who came forth and said, I didn't do like I was told to do. I kept a little bit because I kind of figured, wouldn't nobody miss it? And here's what happened when you're not focused. Achan's violation cost Israel the victory at Ai. And then when that happened, God instructed Joshua, bring Achan out in front of the whole camp and stone him to death and stone his whole family. And leave the stones there as a memorial that you might remind other folk when I tell you to do something, you do exactly like I tell you to do. You stay focused on my word lest you suffer the consequence. That's all I came by to tell you today. I came by to tell you if God gives you direction and if you're going to be a warrior in the kingdom of God, stay focused. If God gives you a word, stay focused. If God gives you direction, stay focused. Don't go to the left nor to the right but hold sternly to the focus that God has given you and victory will be yours every single time. And the Bible says once they had finished stoning Achan and they had finished stoning his family, when you get to chapter 7, Ai, they not only defeated the Israelites at that time and Achan's sin is come to pass, but watch what happened. Actually chapter 6 is the fall of Jericho, but watch what happens. When you get to chapter 8, the Israelites come up against war against Ai again. And when they get to Ai this time, they are victorious. Why? Because when God gave the instruction, Joshua led them and encouraged everybody, stay focused on the word of God. See, chapter 6 was a freak out because it was actually the fall of Jericho. And you knew, you've got to figure this out, that somewhere in the process, when they are given instructions to walk around the wall once each day, you've got to figure that somebody in the camp is trying to figure out why. It don't make no sense. I ain't walking around that wall. I, I'm not walking around that wall. I got other things to do. I got a hair appointment at 11 o'clock. I am not going to waste my time walking around the wall that's not going to fall. Man, I got a tee off at one. Ain't no way in the world I'm going to miss my tee off. It took me three weeks to get this tee time. And they walked around the wall. Here, here it is, silently. And they had to walk around silently every day once. Talking about staying focused. And can you imagine those who are musically inclined as they walk around the wall and realize they've made a walk around the wall, which is their enemy territory, wanted to blow the trumpets, and Joshua says, don't you say nothing, don't you do nothing until I tell you to. 
And then on the seventh day, they walked around the Jericho wall seven times. And at the end of the seventh round, they blew the trumpet and they shouted. And the Bible says the walls came down. Now, you know, I had to check this out. How could the possibility of shouting and trumpeting reduce the wall? So philosophically, I rationalized it was a weak wall. They didn't have good construction. Only to find out by way of an engineer, oh, it is possible. Because the reverberation could very well call a tremble in the context of where the wall is standing. Oh, watch this. Because that showed me there's a sign that when you hear God in worship, and God tells us through the Psalms, lift up your voice and shout with the triumph. With your voice, something could happen to the wall that's trying to surround you. I don't know about you, but I believe you can praise your way out of some hell and situation. I think you can praise your way out of some trouble. I think you can bring down some strongholds by merely shouting and honoring God. I think God does something when we start to worship. I believe God can bring up some power, some glory when we start celebrating if we stay focused. And chapter 6 says the walls fell down because they shouted. Got defeated because they didn't stay focused in chapter 7. But got victory again in chapter 8 because they put their eyes back on the prize. You come to church on Sunday because you know during the week some stuff has happened. Detours, distractions, stuff that's caused your mind to lose focus. And when you come to worship... It sort of helps refocus, puts everything back in the proper perspective so that when you leave out, you're ready for the coming week. That's why we enter into his courts with praise and thanksgiving because it helps refocus who we are. That, that's, that's why I got to go to church. I got to go to church. It, you you got to go to church because there's something that happens in the atmosphere that when you get in there, it changes your whole perspective. Let me close by saying this. Okay, so maybe you've never been a person uh, who's come to church with a heavy burden on your shoulders. Maybe you've never had to come to church or maybe you've never been in a situation where you've come to church of bringing all sorts of luggage behind you. Or maybe you've never been one who's come to church and your mind has been so messed up through what has happened during the week that you can't even think straight. Maybe you've never been a person who, who came to church on Sunday. When you got in here, you didn't even realize there were other folk in the room because you were so concentrating on trying to make yourself where it ought to be that there were so much distractions, and yet you have gotten so far off course, you just was crying out in your spirit, Lord, help me get back to where I need to be. 
But I'm here to tell you, this is where God can pick up your baggage. This is where God can lift your heavy load. This is where God can clean up your cluttered mind. This is where God can help you get your focus back on the way of straight that you need to be. This is where God can restore your soul. And this is where God restores your strength. And this is where when the angels of the demons seem to be all around you, this is how God breaks strongholds in you in worship. And that's why I think there ought to be something in us that celebrates Psalm 100, 150. There ought to be something that helps us lean on 150 for a reason. There ought to be something that resonates us when the psalmist goes through what ought to be praising God and then he finishes by saying, let everything that has breath. But I got it. That's, that's what it is. I, I'm done. I got it. You don't have any breath. You don't realize you're breathing. You don't realize the activity of your hands. You don't realize the versatility in your feet. You don't realize the ability to breathe in and out and the rightness of your mind and the ableness to lift up your voice. If you got some breath, you ought to stand on your feet right now and say, Lord, I want to thank you that I got some breath in this place that I realize if it wasn't for your grace, I wouldn't have a reason to be alive this morning. But I thank you for being so good to me, for waking me up early this morning, for setting me on my right way. I want to thank you, God, for all of your goodness. If it wasn't for you, I realize I wouldn't be where I am but I thank you for how good you've been I thank you for the joy that you give me I thank you for the peace that you give me I thank you for the power that you give me I thank you for the running that you place in my feet and the waving you place in my hand and the joy you place in my soul I, I just want to thank you for just being who you are the author and finisher of my faith, the beginning and my end, the first and my last. I just want to thank you, God, for being the God that you are, who brought me a mighty long way through many dangers, toils, and snares. And I know that if it hadn't been for you, I know exactly where I'd be. I'd be somewhere sleeping deep in my grave. But because you've been so good, I'm alive this afternoon and I'm in worship to celebrate. I got breath in my body. I got moving in my hand. I got the activity of my hand. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the evening. Praise Him at new time. Praise Him all the day long. Thank Him. Yes. Yes. Thank Him. Thank Him. Yeah. Thank Him.
focus. A stern focus. And when you stay focused on God's direction, there's some victory in store for you. He made a promise. You stay focused on this word. Then everything you do will prosper. But don't forget this. He made this promise to Moses that he gave to Joshua and he gives to us. Every place your feet moves. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And I'm going to give it to you. Just be strong and very courageous. And I'll never leave you. Nor forsake you. That's God's word for somebody today.